0: Welcome back to She Can Talk The Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. MC on Instagram. If you want to know what we're doing musically, if you're trying to book us for some shows, collaborations, or just check out what we got streaming, or if you want the links to any of the recent music, MC on Instagram, Colleen E. Wings on Instagram, if you want to see what food we're sourcing and tossing, because I be cooking, I be grilling, I be semi-baking too lately, so go over there and see what we got going on. I'm also going to be doing some juicing. So yeah, go check that out over at Clean Eat Wings. You already know we got She Could Talk the Podcast, DOE underscore Records, all on IG. But you can keep it simple and just go over to www.doerecords.com. That's doerecords.com. And you can get everything over there, all the links to all the podcast episodes, all the music streaming. Also, if you are an artist and you want to submit music for consideration at the label, you can do that too. Also at Dorecords.com. Hey, So yes, 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 yes. Shout out to all of you because I am loving the engagement that I have been getting recently over here at She Can Talk. So let me give you all <laughs> a little clap there because you guys are really, really showing love. Yes. And I, appreciate that so yes as you you know and also y'all like yo i like the sound effects i know thank you thank you shout out to colossal aka colossal tv colossal beats because you know he getting me right over here he getting me right so you already know so i know y'all looking at this episode like what is that get the dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign y'all it's get the money y'all and um, that's what this episode is today about. So I'm going to jump right into it because you know how we do. I show you a little love. I hope you're all doing well out there. But um, while I'm on this momentum, I should say, a lot of you are loving my storytelling episodes about how I created the songs, the inspiration behind the music. And um, you say, you know, we like that ganga or Colleen, whoever I'm speaking to, depending on who it is. And they're like, the reason why we like it is because we're getting to see the more in, we're getting like a more inside look into you musically and how you come about your songs and how you think about it. So shout out to everyone that's showing love to my last episode, which was called Pretty Girls, where I kind of went into my song and a lot of people was hitting me up like, yo this song is classic, definitely classic, You band nowhere, and it is definitely relevant. So thank you all guys. I want to go ahead and get a little cheering on for y'all. Give you guys a round of applause. So thank you. Thank you for that, for um, showing us some love. I definitely do appreciate that. And you said um, some of the feedback was like, you liked the fact that I gave a little in-depth. Some people said they never even heard the song before. So it sounds completely relevant to them and it all makes sense. Some people said, are you a psychic friend? Because what? <laughs> so I appreciate y'all. Hey. So what I wanted to do, especially because it's, you know, the holiday time And as we are closing out, you know, we just seen the Hip Hop 50th Grammy tribute. So shout out if you didn't see it. It's still probably online somewhere or like on Paramount Plus because that's where I seen it at last night. But, you know what I'm saying, if you're late to the party, like I was, because, you know, by the time you hear this episode, you'll see what I'm saying. But anyway, if you're late to the party, nonetheless, you know. Check it out. It was really good. And it just made me say, you know, I got to keep the momentum up because on my IG, like around the anniversary, I shared a lot of music that was near and dear to me and it got a lot of feedback. So what I wanted to do was to continue on this trend of give you guys a creative reasoning and a creative inspiration behind some of my songs that are probably more popular in certain circles than others, or probably trended for the wrong reason, or maybe have a big question mark around it, like this one today. So the song that I'm going to be discussing with you all today is going to be called Get the Money Y'all. But I put the, cause you know, I was, I was in my ignorant phase. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to say ignorant. I digress and I removed that from the category. I was just in my young, rambunctious, rebellious phase. So I was like, I'm spelling everything wrong. I'm going to use, um, you know, dollar signs instead of the money, instead of writing out the word money, I'm going to like use, um, just different things to make like codes really before it became a thing ironically. So it's not even like I was being in an ignorant phase or whatever. It was more so like I was ahead of my time. So like, I remember I had a song, well, a poem that I did called high with no money and I might be getting off track, but the way I spelled it on the cover was all one word, no space, H I W slash O and then dollar signs. So that's like something you would see probably on like a text message right now type of thing. And people would get it instantly because people spell out, they don't spell out laughing out loud. They're like LOL, stuff like that. So it's been abbreviations for over massive, like over a decade and a half at this point. But when I put out Vintage Roots, we weren't really doing that back then. Phones weren't even pop, like, you know, the, the capability of a smartphone at the level it is now, it was not like that back then. So I was just like, I don't know, my downloads were crazy and I was just coming up with weird titles and, you know, for the songs. So this one is one of those. So if you're ever looking for it online, you have to look up, and this is where it gets questionable. You have to look up, It this will bring it right up to the top for you, ironically, and this is why I said I wanted to do an episode about it today. But if you look this song up, it would be called Get G-E-T space the T-H-E space $3 sign. So dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, space, y'all. Y-A apostrophe L-L. So it's really saying get the money, y'all. Like I'm telling y'all, get the money, y'all. But um, I spelt it like that in code, I guess. I don't know. So it also says featuring Drake. And that's where we're going to talk about today. Featuring Drake. This song probably is one of my most streamed songs off of Vintage Roots, besides Pretty Girls, which I did an episode on that last episode, episode previous to this. And I'm going to give you a couple of songs that were near and dear to me or has a quirky, weird backstory that I might think you guys would find interesting during the holiday time. So while I'm feeling nostalgic, I'm going to take you guys down memory lane just a little bit. And also in the vein of celebrating the hip hop 50th anniversary, I still feel like, you know, I could share some stories of mine personal to me about my journey in hip hop. So here we go. So just to clear the air for everyone and Drake, AKA Aubrey Graham, Just to clear the air for all of y'all, the guy that's rapping on my song is not the Drake that everyone knows. He is Drake from Virginia Beach. This song was recorded before we knew who a Drake was. Yes, the irony of life. Dude is a dope rapper. The crazy thing is his rap name was not really Drake. It was Sir Francis Drake. Follow me now. Sir Francis Drake. That was his name. And um, I didn't think it was his rap name, honestly, because I was like, that's like a whole knight in shining armor. It's a whole... <laughs> You know, like, sound like you're on an ex- exploration with Magellan and Christopher Columbus. What? You know what I'm saying? But the irony of life, he took the... You know how some people will have a name from, like, um, John Gotti, but, you know, it's a, a black guy from Brooklyn. Biggie Smalls, for example, you know. Even though in some circles, if you know, Biggie Smalls was also, I think, a part of, like, the Sandlot movie. But, you know yeah some people look at a gangster, you know Frank white um you know how people would take real people's name, freeway Ricky Ross, Rick Ross people would take names of popular people and in a lot of cases gangsters and mob figures and- co- incorporate it into the names you know we see a lot of Gaudis, a lot of you know all types of stuff in rap. And it's not, it's okay. There's no, nothing against that. So he basically did the same thing, but we thought it was weird because instead of him saying like, Oh, I'm, you know, Frank white or whatever, which we know these names are already taken. So I'm not, you know, trying to say he should have called himself Frank white or anything, but, um, Yeah, instead of that, he went with this name, Sir Francis Drake, and that was his full rap name, Sir Francis Drake. Also, the irony of life, Sir Francis Drake in real life, and you can Google it, was an American explorer. So he was one of the people that came over to explore America in the 1500s. So there you go. But you know what's crazy? the crazy thing here. Let me just make sure. Yeah. Okay. So no, I'm not looking at it right. So yeah, no, he's from, he's an English explorer. So he's from England and he's best known for his circumnavigation of the world in a single expedition, which existed between 1577 and 1580. So yeah, it's a English explorer. Like if you think of like, um, Christopher Columbus, etc. He was based out of the Caribbean, um, but you know, English explorer, and he was basically known for traveling the Caribbean or exploring the Caribbean and um, Spanish countries and some of the lower Americas. So there you go. You can look him up. So, my friend, my fellow MC out of Virginia Beach, his name was Sir Francis Drake. And we was like, we don't like that, bro. Like, that's long. <laughs> like, so on the, you, you know, you be about to go on stage. Like, next we got, you know, Sir Francis Drake and Ganga Like, that's like, like a whole family coming up there. Like, your first, middle, and last name. Like, you know. The crazy thing is, I won't call out his real governmental name, because I really wish I could have had him on the show. So we could have expanded on it a little bit more, but shout out to you, you know, Virginia beach, Sir Francis Drake, AKA our Drake, you know what I'm saying? Virginia Drake. Um, because yeah, he's dope. He's a dope MC. Nice. And, um, so I made, the and this was so crazy because I swear on you, you could you could look at the time frame in which this song dropped. And we were in the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area. So, you know, we get songs, like I'm not saying like we're in a bush where we're not getting them in a timely manner, but at this time, Drake was not on our radar, on radio, or anything. We was just in here recording music. And I made the executive decision to say Drake, even though his name was Sir Francis Drake. We called him Drake anyway, because that was the short for Sir Francis Drake. Just like my name. A lot of people used to say my name was long, Ganga Lee. If you're Jamaican, you know what it means, Ganga Lee. And, you know, it got that flair to it. But a lot of people that are close to me, a lot of people that work with me musically just called me Ganga. They'll like, go Ganga. And still to this day, people be like, "Yo, Ganga," you know. They call me on the phone, Ganga. You good? You know, that's who I am. So you you could short, you know what I'm saying? Like you shorten the name based on who you interact with, etc. So we shortened his full rap name of, of Sir Francis Drake to Drake. So it's a um weird inside joke joke with the people that was there with us. During that time frame. So, like, if you are around, you understand, like, damn, look at the irony of that. Like, you know, like, you, the one time that you made, because he and I did massive songs together, but this was a song, we did shows together, all types of stuff, but this was a song that I said I wanted to incorporate all of my people's. That were like you know it with me musically in the community, and I've worked with them. I wanted to incorporate them on Vintage Roots, which was my first solo album. So I was like, "Yo, Drake, I need you on it," and he was like, "Bet, let's go." So we did this song called "Get the Money, Y'all," and the song is basically about um, the the need to be financially stable in unshaky or unstable times, right? And as I'm going through these songs, I'm feeling like, was I a psychic friend myself? But yeah, so... I give you from more of like the woman's perspective at that time. Cause you know, I was single. Um, I wasn't really like, I told you before I was in starving artist mode. So I was really in touch with the grind. I was really in touch. And when I say grind, like the hustle mode, making sure you could pay your bills and you know what I'm saying? And not really, if you think of about musicians, you know, in some cases, stability was the last on our list. We're trying to get flexibility and, you know, move around. So, you know, but you want to be able to do what you do and still take care of yourself. Right. But then, you know, it was still political climates. It was still like none of that stuff has changed. Right. So, You know, I saw something ironically, and I'm going to go off track. You know how I always take us down a little rabbit hole and then we come back. But I saw something recently where it was a joke. It was like a comedian and he was talking about reincarnation. And, you know, he was talking about like true blood and he was saying how like, um, I can't even think of the main character, but the main character from True Blood, if any of you remember that show on HBO, he was a vampire and he lived for hundreds of years at that point. By the time he moved into this town in Louisiana and fell in love with this human girl who's alive, she's not a vampire. So, but guess what? He's done this several times for several decades over and over again to the point that he was like, I'm ready to just like die You know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of seeing people I care about grow old and die. And I can't even, you know, be there by their side because I'm a vampire. So I can't, you know, it's different when they're human and vampires. You know how it is. He could watch him in the dark at night while they're sleeping, but never like barbecue and have a family function during the day because he was a vampire. So that was just to give you a little backstory on the where I'm going with this. So they was joking about reincarnation and they said, Oh yeah, like dude from True Blood. He got tired of that and it was like, But seriously, can you imagine living for like 150 years. And you're like, Oh God, here's another uprising. Oh, another political shaky climate. Oh God, another recession. Like it's really just repetitive, right? It's a cycle. So they were like, would you want to do that? Or would you want to like get it one and done? Or would you be like, Hey, I know what I've been through. So I already know, you know, what's going to happen and I can prepare myself, etc. So they had like their little back and forth dialogue about reincarnation. But all of that to say is I feel like that with some of my music, like it's maybe perhaps reincarnated or being reincarnated or, you know, resurfacing because of whatever reasons, right? Maybe it's something that resonates with people present day or something quirky like, you know, featuring Drake. When did Ganga do a song with Drake? So for clarity for you all, it's definitely not Aubrey Graham, not Drake. It is, um I don't want to say his real name because he's not on the show and I didn't want to just not... get get permission but you know um his name his rap name was Sir Francis Drake I will say this though his real name was so gangster that um we all was like you should use your real name it's like one of those names that you you get that from inheritance it's not even like because you know everyone's born and you get a surname right but his name was so dope and so rap ready but I get it. It was his government, and back then it was different, so you ain't really want to be like, you know, this is, you know. But people probably wouldn't even have thought it was his real name. It was so dope. But, um, yeah, just to give you some perspective, he was a good-looking guy. You know what I'm saying? He was um Filipino and Italian, okay? And his name reflected it. So, like I said earlier, where a lot of guys wanted to be – you know, um, or, you know, like Irv Gotti or Frank Nitty or Frank Scott, or, you know, how they always use names from gangsters to, you know, convert into rap names or they'll use some part of it like Yo Gotti and whatever. He legit on his birth certificate had the, one of the dopest rap names ever for real. I got to give it a, a shout out. I'm not going to say his name because, you know, I don't want to try to go look him up and harassing him. He is living aquatic lives these days with his wife and kids, even though I feel like I need to get him back in the booth just for old time's sake. And also who I will shout out is the man who brought us together um, to even do this song and a, a lot of other songs. You know, I had a hard job. I'm telling you, I used to be like, Overtime, triple time in the studio, you know, like not even come out the room to see what the weather was like or what time of day it was type. So I had hard drives on top of hard drives that even recently, I'm like, I need to see if we could crack the code and get into some of these because you know, you just never know. But yeah, I used to have artists coming over all the time and not just rappers. I used to have singers, rock bands, like guitarists, drummers, And yeah, I I was grateful that I lived in a townhouse at the time, but my neighbors, I'm also grateful that my neighbors were cool because we, you know, it was a musician's house, you know? So, um, yeah. So shout out to Diaz, you know, rest in peace to my homie, Rodney Diaz, you know, a very well-respected, well-connected, um, man from Virginia beach that we grew up together. We met each other young Working at a job, and he used to come into work with his suits on. Like, yo, Diaz always was prideful. Uh, you know, he was proud to be Filipino, and he always rep his culture to the fullest. But guess what? Equally proud as he was to be Filipino, he was equally proud to be from Virginia Beach and to rap hip hop. It was a very. It's like the type of people that I am blessed and grateful to have met and known it's amazing, you know? So maybe I should start doing movies and doing that. So you can kind of get a visual to what I've been through. But a lot of people been there with me and a lot of people know who I'm talking about or whatever the case may be, but very dope individual. So at this time, like I told you, he would, when we was working like little customer service gigs, he was coming in there suited up. Like, you know, we definitely had to be professional, but he was coming in. Like he ran the establishment, you know, and we used to be like, Diaz, where you going? And he'd be like, oh, you know, this is what I do. Like he was very smooth, very funny at the same time, but cool down to earth individual. The way he was, he was very classy, very upper echelon. And he was also down to earth at the same time. And you don't get that in a lot of people, you know, but, um, he called himself saying, well, I'm not gonna say called himself from that time. He went on into saying, Hey, I'm going to start managing. Cause I got a couple of friends that they do good music. And he was inspired by, you know, me and my old group. He had a lot of music connections and influence around him and his, you know, he, we're, we're all from the beach, you know, so he, you know, he has connects. He was also indirectly related to Chad Hugo from the Neptune. So the community, like the Filipino community was strong in the beach and he was definitely a part of it. Um, Drake or Sir Francis Drake was also a part of that community as well. Cause like I said, he's Filipino and Italian and he lives in the beach and they grew up together. So he was like, yo, he's one of my artists that I'm going to bring through to your studio. Check him out came through crazy spitting like nonstop stop for hours I was like yo and then if you see him good looking guy but he don't even look the way he sound you know some people were surprised to know like this dude is not even black you know but um race aside that doesn't even matter because we were just a community we was all family like we was cousins you know what I'm saying like you could not tell us nothing and we became so intertwined like I'm at Diaz's house eating his mom's, you know, food. And I'm like, yo, can your mom send some Ponzi? You know, I-, I want some of the lumpia. You know, so we were intertwined and became family through the music. You know, like every show I had, every birthday I celebrated in Virginia Beach, Diaz was there. You know what I'm saying? Drake was there. A, a few, a bunch of people. I just don't want to call out everyone governmental on the show And then y'all be like, why you blew me up like that? Nah, it's not. But y'all know who y'all are. Because as I'm talking through these memories, y'all going down memory lane with me. Some of y'all. If not, then this is new. And that's cool. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to share some memories about some of the stuff that inspired this song. Or different songs from different periods in my life. So, as I was saying, you know, this song is on the same album as Pretty Girls. So you know, I'm doing different songs, doing different um, concepts. You know, at this time I was really big into storytelling. Re- you know, Slick is one of my favorites, by the way. Dana Dane, one of my favorites from like the OG storytelling. Even Run DMC's like Christmas Time. You know what I'm saying? Their arm um, song, their Christmas song, stuff like that. Like, telling the story was dope. I like abstract storytelling like Rakim, which is, you know, one of my official hip-hop birthday twins. So, you know, I think I get a little bit of that inspiration to tell stories or to bring you in into a conceptual type of rap song versus just like the dance song or the anthem or something that you could you know, rocking a song. My goal is to get kind of a happy medium of getting a song where it will give you a message, make you think, but you could rock to it in the club also, or you could be in your car jamming or get it ready for the club. And you got that, you know, the radio playing, you got Ganga playing. So I try to find a happy medium. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I get too serious, too political. And then as years went on, I learned to draw it back a bit and learned to do Different styles and experiment with different subgenres of hip hop and rap, you know. But at this time, I was still hardcore hip hop. Stop playing with me, boom bap, you know. And also, I want to shout out, and I have to shout out the producer of the song, which was Joe City. Hey, Joe City on get the money, y'all. He produced that. Like I said, you know, Antagonist did about 80 to 90% of the album, but I did have some heavy hitters come through. Like, woof, woof. You know, I, I know you don't see me. I'm kind of like boxing. I know you don't see me, so I'm gonna <laughs> hit you with the, like, What are, you're by yourself, Colleen. How are we supposed to see something? <laughs> but anyway, so... I had some heavy hitters come through is what I'm saying. I was trying to box for y'all, but you couldn't see it, but you will soon. We're going to get some visuals soon. But anyway, so shout out to Joe City on production. Um, Shout out. I didn't do a video for Pretty Girls. Um, It was just kind of like a also changing point. Like by the time I put the album out, I had kind of moved from the spot that I was in. And um, I started doing a little bit more shows out of town and I started, you know, you know, like I was, I had an apartment, like I downsized just to kind of save in that way and then be able to maneuver a little bit more. So after that, I started shooting videos in New York, started performing in New York more, you know, um, because I started gaining more of a following up there and that's where I'm from. That's my hometown. So I was like, yo, let me be up here a little bit more. DC was paying, I go where they pay for performances. So I was kind of on the move a little bit more and I don't know. I just, don't know why we didn't shoot a song for it, but I had to go into it before we could get there. I got some funny stories about actually traveling and, you know, selling merch and this song circled back around. And that's when I've said, okay, something's not right here, but we'll get back to that part. So, um, cause that was years later, but, um, so yeah. So after that, um, he would come through and record. I would record his songs, you know, like get the beat together, you know, get the verses together, come through, you know, I charge, you know, X, X amount of hour, I, you know, give you a discount for a block time, come through. So yeah, he would come through and he was putting together bangers, heat. Like I was like, this kid is crazy. Yo, heat. And if you've seen him, he was very quiet, very like, reserved, very chill. And I always kind of gravitate to those type of people, you know, like cause I'm the complete opposite, like colossals like that. Very quiet, very reserved. And you see me animated, like, rah, 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 rah. you know, he's the one that named my podcast. Cause he was like, girl, you could talk, baby. You just need to do a podcast called she could talk and just talk. <laughs> so you already know, but, um, yeah. So Sir Francis Drake, cause I'm gonna give, I don't want the confusion or et cetera. And this whole episode is to clear it up. But Sir Francis Drake would come through and record the heaters. I'm talking about heat on top of heat. Diaz was like his manager slash like business partner. So they, you know, started investing into their own studio time and started building their empire. And that was dope. And I was just happy to be a part of the growing stages for them, you know? So now he's, got his own studio set up. They recording. they got their group, they're doing their things. like I said, I downsized from where I was originally located and I started kind of taking it to the road because that was a easy, flexible way for me to pay my bills without, you know, doing anything crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like performing, doing shows. And back then like $300 a show and you doing like three or four of them a week two on the weekend, you could pay some rent. Like, this is different times. Like, right now, you know, I'm pretty sure you can get it equivalent, but times are different also, right? Because a lot of people like it on demand, etc. But, um, so yeah, it was a good, it was a good time, you know, a good time to be an artist, in my opinion, because you could really, Do what you want to do. So as they started progressing and they got their own studio, I was like, that's dope. So I said, Joe, but we got to circle back and do a song. So he came through, recorded a song and I, you know, put it down for the album for Vintage Roots. We dropped Vintage Roots in, um, in 2007 so just to give you some perspective, remember I told you guys that I shot the video for Pretty Girls in like 2009, then it started picking up momentum around 2000, yeah, like 2009, 10, right? And it's true because that's when we shot the video for it. These are different times, right? So you can kind of work an album for years and um, kind of work each song, you know? So we put the album out collectively Doe Records in 2007 so Vintage Roots been out publicly published since 2007 these songs in these cases and I'm clearing it up for the previous episode because I think I said I recorded this song like 2008 no I'm getting when I shot the video mixed up or when I actually recorded the song so I recorded these songs like four, five, six you know what I'm saying? Like different times. And I put a song down like, okay, that's going to go on an album. Cause I didn't have a date. I, I was the record label. So whenever I got the budget together, cause back then, I don't know if you guys know how blessed you are because, um, Disc Makers was probably like the, like the, um, I don't know what's, what would it be right now? Like Distro Kid or, like symphonic like your distributor right of music and you know like right now everything is digital even back then I was so heavy with disc makers all my music went digital like ahead of time like I was like when it first started streaming platforms became about vintage juice was up there then they sent me out like cue cards which was ahead of his time as well. But it was a little bit different. You couldn't scan the QR code back then. It was more so like a like not even a barcode. It was just like a code on the back, right? And you go to the website, you check out the album, but guess what? Instead of putting in your credit card, you would put that in because you already bought that card. So if I'm at a show or something and I had CDs for sale and I ran out of CDs, they look like business cards. I had my album on the cover. And then you flip it over, it's a code, like a download code. And, you know, you could, so we was early with it, early. And this was like, like I said, the album dropped in seven, and we was working it, you know, from there on. So me and Drake, or Sir Francis Drake, forgive me, champagne poppy I don't want no problems but um this is why I'm doing this episode also which I'll give you some of my opinions nothing actual or factual just things that maybe I'll be overthinking but anyway so um yeah so we recorded this probably because like I said I moved around a little bit so as as I'm thinking about it living in that place it was like 2003 or 4 that I recorded this song and probably the same with Pretty Girls because it was all at the same, you know, location, time frame, and all on the same album. And that album dropped in 2007. It's just that I shot the video for Pretty Girls later on, and I never shot a video for Get the Money, y'all, because videos were kind of more expensive to acquire, you know, and, um, distribution, you had to kind of pick and choose your battles. Do I want to get 2000 CDs and a couple of cue cards, some t-shirts for merch? Cause shows was a really form of income, you know, at the time, alternative income. So I was like, do I want to, um, spend money on, you know, saying a whole bunch of CDs or do I want to, you know, do this, you know, you had to pick and choose your battles. So there you go. Then also, like I said, we kind of were moving around, you know, starving artist life. So even though I lived at that place for like, probably seven, eight years, I moved around 2008. Maybe even I think I Yeah, probably like 2006. I moved from that place to a different location. And then I started moving around, like as far as like, traveling more, performing out of state more. So, you know, we kind of like for a minute, they lost touch, right? So doing a video for this song really wasn't high on my list, even though I felt the song was a banger because I wasn't in touch with Sir Francis Drake. And back then, you know, when you do a collab, you got to have everybody in the video. Like that don't even make sense as much as you can. Anyway, I will say so i just it wasn't a thought for me to do a video but like i said i was doing shows and um i had um you know cds selling cds um, pretty girls you know so let me go back a little bit let me go back a little bit so we recorded this song it was doing good this song got played you know on radio in several outlets for me as well a lot of people was feeling it no one even really was like, oh, Drake or anything like that. Cause this was like about 2007, right? And it was probably more college radio than anything. It was not until I did shows in like 2009, maybe 2010. And I want to say probably more like 2010, but it wasn't until like a couple of years later. So we already released, um, Vintage Roots has been out since 2007 at this point, but I, this is my at this point in time, my life's bodies of work. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this, so I'm still working this album. I'm still performing this album. I'm still selling the CDs, still selling the download cards, and etc. So, yeah, so we just shot a video for Pretty Girls. Shout out to Ralph McDaniels, Uncle Ralph in New York, Video Music Box. He started playing Pretty Girls the video on his show and um that gave us some steam after that it was like yo okay yeah it's on you know and that gave us some really really good steam and then from there he played like opulence and this is, opulence was not on vintage roots it, I, we just felt like we needed to follow up with that so we i took like two songs that were like half of songs if that makes any sense and i did like a video montage and we called the Opulence slash Hot 2.0, because that's really what it was, a half of two songs that we put together and put some visuals to it. And that went crazy. That went crazy in New York, everywhere. I had people calling me from Vegas, like, yo, I'm sitting in my living room watching this. This video's dope. So yes, yes. So I'm grateful for that. So we started picking up momentum. So as we started picking up momentum in like 2009, 10, because of Pretty Girls, because of Opulence Hot 2.0, then other people, um, started checking out other music. Like they going online and looking up the music. When I started doing shows, it was about, that time, for, it was definitely that time frame. I was an opening act for a rap group in Maryland. And, you know, one of my negotiations always is like, okay, if you can't pay me X amount, I need a merch table. Or if you're paying me, is it okay if I sell merch? But I'm always trying to like make a little extra money. So I was able to get a merch table. I had my homegirl over there selling, um, everything, you know, t-shirts, CDs, because back then CDs were still popping, you know, cars, etc. So, um, we had CDs updated. We had the download cards because iPods started to come into effect and, um, you can download the song. And so you basically buy the card from me, right? And then when you go to the You know, to the playlist or whatever, we go to iTunes or whatever or wherever you could download it from. You type in that code and it's basically you downloading it for free, but technically you paid for it because you bought the card for me at a show. It was very innovative. We was ahead of our time. Like we we had workarounds for digital downloads before that was even a thing. So shout out to disc makers for that. But then um, yeah. So she was at the merch table selling the merch, selling the merch. Then. I, you know, killed the show. It was a really good show. Then the open, um, the act that I was opening for, I had a song with them. So later on in the show, I had to kind of go back out there and do my song with them. And we killed that. So the crowd was like a really great crowd. So when I got off stage, my home girl looked like she was fighting for her life at the merch table. I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, she was like, yo, they just eating everything up. Like, yo, I'm selling the business cards for $3 because I ran out of, the cue cards so I was like word and it was like yo you got Drake up here and we was in Maryland so we're like about five hours away from Virginia Beach right and I've been doing shows up and down the east coast for years at this point with this album Vintage Roots and I'm this is like my bread and butter my work salary my overtime, whatever you want to call it. This was me up and down the East Coast. And I'm grateful that I had some friends that were like ride or die with me. They was like, yo, let's go pack up the car. We going here. I got a hotel here. We got this, you know, and we hit the road. So my homegirl was over there fighting for her life. And I'm like, what is going on? So I get down off the stage. I'm going over there, like trying to like bring a little order and like, okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Like, And so I, I come you know, to the table, and I see the guys, like, picking up the last Vintage Root CD, and he's giving her the money for it, and then people behind him, like, damn, he was like, yo, she got Drake on there, she got Drake on there, this is, and she dope, this is crazy, this was 2010, 2010, I, I definitely remember, and, um, we was like, where they no Drake up here? But he's also from Virginia. DMV is like, you know, it's um DC, Maryland, Virginia, right? But that's the Northern Virginia part that's connected to the DMV. We're like a little bit below the D, well, a lot below. We're southern part of Virginia, but the DMV was a hop, skip, and a jump away. You know, so we would be up there doing shows. People knew us you know, from different performing and, you know, music communities and vice versa down in our area, the Hampton Roads, we knew about artists from the DMV area. We would collab together. We would collaborate dudes and and artists in Richmond because they're in the middle of us. Like you have to stop in Richmond before you get to DC. Long story, long story. So it kind of was like, not really a big, like light bulb for me that it was not, Sir Francis Drake they were excited about in that moment but it quickly dawned on me when we got back to Virginia because I don't know we was like kind of so into what we was doing maybe we weren't listening we was doing other things like we're performing we we was living our life right so it kind of got to us a little bit late but when we got back to Virginia we, we everything started being about Drake you know, as we know, champagne popping. So like I said, um, when you're kind of wrapped up in your own stuff and you know, you can even ask my friends. I didn't have like the latest smartphone. I was in strictly musician mode, so I didn't really know anything about Drake, but I did realize and come to realize they were talking about him because of his song. And I want to say, you know, i got to backtrack a bit. As the more I'm thinking about this, yeah, this was probably like 2008, you know, going into 2009. And then Drake dropped, like, You to You the Best. That's the first song that I personally can remember. And then that put it in perspective for me, like, oh, shit. I think this is the Drake that they think is on my album. What? How did this happen? So... Around the same time, Diaz reached out to me and was like, yo, Drake, he's crushed, you know, like he's upset because this dude's blowing up. And it's not like Drake wasn't nice, the Drake that we know, Champagne Poppy. And it's not like Sir Francis Drake is not nice because he's nice. It was just a weird executive decision that I unfortunately made in 2005- Like that name is too long. We're going to just shorten it to Drake. We all call you Drake. We're going to just put it as Drake on the album that came back to haunt me (laughs) years later. And so, cause I think honestly, I even feel like Sir Francis Drake became more comfortable with Drake and was seeing the light on that name. And then when Drake just swooped in, it was crazy. You know, so, of course, he changed his name since then. And, of course, you know, the only Drake everyone knows is Drake. But, of course, the internet is um, permanent. So, my song will always look like it says featuring Drake. But it's not Aubrey Drake Graham. It's um, Sir Francis Drake, you know. And, um, he has a dope name that I, you know, always thought he should have just used his regular name. So that was something we used to always turmoil and go back and forth about like, yo, your name. I wish I had that name. yo. that would be, no one couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, it is what it is. But I just wanted to share that with you now that we've gotten over that air, because that's what I wanted to talk about with this episode, not even necessarily the creative points, which I will get into for you in a little bit here, but I just wanted to clear the air on that for anyone that thinks I'm out there perpetrating a fraud or whatever. And then another thing is, Speaking of disc makers, because all of my music, like, I was legit paying, like, the packages, getting distribution packages back in those days, which, if you know, they were not cheap. But, um, yeah, I ended up getting digital distribution packages before I even understood what they really were, so... Some of the musics might be like uploaded eight years ago, but it's part of their catalog, right? So they're getting, I guess, getting to it, getting to that part of the catalog where I started to see more Vintage Roots on digital platforms within like the last eight years, maybe even less than that, you know? But if you go and Google it, because you can Google it, type in Gongoli Vintage Roots and um, it'll show you when the album dropped, 2007, you know what I'm saying, and I just, like, you know, because times were different back then, where it didn't go viral 100%, as soon as you drop it on YouTube, and a thousand people could see it, you had to work the streets, you had to work the circuit, you had to work the clubs, you had to work the radio, work the DJ, everything collectively, so it was 100% my full-time job, so sometimes I didn't watch TV and I didn't, um, listen to the radio. Cause I'm trying to listen to this song to see if I need to go back in the studio and mix it one more time. Or I'm listening to this beat to see what I can come with it with a new song, you know? So I was in my bubble. I remember one of, um, my homeboys and he was like, you know, the, um, rapping slash always got the tree type of dude. So he was a cool dude, like cool, very laid back surfer type of dude. Right. And you know, it's so funny. Cause like how these kids now be like, yo bro. And yo bro, he was like that back then. And then he was like into surfing heavy, you know, and we were in Virginia Beach where it was like four seasons like winter, spring, summer and fall, but dude was always in like some Hawaiian shorts, flip-flops and a hoodie. But guess what? DJed crazy, rap crazy, and he was just mellow, had the tree, etc. Beach parties at his parents' crib. Fun times, fun times. But he was like, "Yo, Ganga." You need to listen to the radio, man. Like, you're so engulfed in your music. Sometimes you got to come out the bubble, man. And I was like, man, what you mean? He was like, you can't just listen to yourself all day. And I'll never forget him telling me that because him saying that coupled with the experience I had after that, realizing that I was um, pushing a song that had, the name of another artist. So it's con- it could kind of confuse our audience and then confuse, you know, kind of make me look like I'm a fraud or something. Like, you know, how you'll see back in the days or even still to this day, because T.I. just flipped about that. But, but they'll put like a celebrity's image on a flyer to pull in people to the club, knowing that celebrity's not there, right? That's fraud and that's bogus. And I think that's why I wanted to do to do this episode because I said, you know, this has been too many years and, um, too many questions. And if you didn't have any questions about, if you were not one of the people who came across this song, now you get to get like a little fun fact about the song. And then you'll also get to hear the song today. Cause you know, me, I'm going to play it after this episode. So shout out to Sir Francis Drake, not Drake, and I'm actually going to put that in the correction of this title. I can't change, because like I told you, a lot of the distribution on this was before Doe Records was a tr- truly, you know, indie label. Like, I'm going, I've I always been indie. Let me take that back. But, you know, we didn't have, it, it was a weird time. So we was doing stuff through Disc Makers, and you get like a package. So you couldn't really control how your music was digitally distributed so I couldn't go back and be like hey could you edit this is what I'm trying to say whereas now we have that kind of like control if that makes any sense and it's still because you know even right now and I feel like maybe that's the karma coming back to bite me bit and that's why I said let me clear the air and take some accountability there because I'm even dealing in present day with two other gongoles out there and a couple of years ago I had to deal with uh, artists, a Spanish artist who named his album Gangly and used very similar fonts and colors and artwork, you know, to my, um, All Fruits Ripe album. So, yeah. So it's, um, am I going to say they did it on purpose? I don't know. You know, like the two artists that i Contend with back and forth on this. I've been Gongolese since 93. These artists popped up in the last couple of years. Um, I do own, you know, the name is registered trademark, but, um, so we have that back and forth, but I also understand how they can come up with that name because first of all, it's a more masculine name. And I was given that name by, like, you know, a reggae artist. So, because the way I was killing on the mic or whatever, like, yo, you wicked and rough like a guy. So, you know, my delivery. So, I could see why men use the name. You're, you're probably never going to see a woman other than me named Gangali, unless I give me a the name, Gangali. And um, they're also Rastafarian, and they're also, like, from Africa or Ethiopia, you know, Rastafarian-based. Because that's all in the, the concept of the name. And so with my family being Jamaican, you know, at points in time, I fa- my father basically lives the Rastafarian lifestyle and my great grandmother, they call her the Indian Rasta. They said mama coolie, but she had a Rasta, coolie Rasta, because she cooked more ito food versus, you know, others type of food. So I was paying homage and keeping my culture alive by putting or using Gongoli as a rap name. But when I first started out rapping in the Bronx, my name was Big Lee. You know, I was part of, you know, doo in the Bounce Squad. I had like a sweatshirt that said Bounce Squad, Big Lee. You know, like if I did shows, like if you saw me on mixtapes, you know, I did like Ranji. SNS, mixtapes back then, did a couple of freestyles here and there, Big Lee. So I think that um that might also spark a little nostalgia for some, like, oh, is that Big Lee from the Bronx? Yeah, same one. I just changed the name to Ganga Lee as I became more developed as an artist. And that stuck with me after someone caught me that during like a show. And I was like Big Lee, and they're like Nah man, Gangali, Gangali, and then that became the name, and I, you know, took that from there. So, um, just to give you a little insight there, so I understand how it is to be like great minds think alike, and you know, you can come up with a similar name, the same name, a similar song title. You know, now to me, when you start getting into the rhythms and the cadence, I can't say it's that like, that was great minds think alike, but you know, certain things like you, how many titles, like for example, me just looking up pretty girls to add it to the podcast episode for promo, 10,000 pretty girls came up. Plus Ice spice has a song called pretty girls right now, you know, so same song. no. Title. Yes. So great minds can think alike and things like titles and names and stuff can kind of get into that gray area of similarity. Like you don't overdo do it on purpose. You know, I remember common sense who we know in 2023 is common. When he first started rapping, when we, when I first heard of him as a, you know, youngster in New York, or we was watching commons videos and hype off of him, like, who is this cutie from Chicago or whatever? He was called Common Sense. But then guess what? It, I think it was like a rap group, not a rap group, excuse me, a rock group or something else named Common Sense who owned the rights to the name, and they he had to change his name. Same thing with Biggie Smalls. It was another group named Biggie Smalls. They owned the name. He had to change his name to the Notorious B.I.G., even though people still called him Biggie Smalls to some degree, you know? But, um... It's kind of like, if you know, you know, but I just felt like I needed to clear that air because it happened here too. Like, no, this is not Champagne Poppy. Now I have to send this message out. Everyone else can listen. And I hope if for some reason, Drake, AKA Champagne Poppy, AKA Mr. Orby Graham, was able to hear this episode at any point in time from my mouth to your ears. This was just a cross hairs of misunderstanding. If that makes any sense. My album was released in 2007 after like massive years of me recording, putting together, budgeting to save, to put my music out as an indie artist. Cause I did not have a label. I didn't have a label budget. We always been indie. So this song was just like with Pretty Girls and a lot of people thought it was about Nicki Minaj or a lot of people thought it was about, you know, no, these songs were done way before I even ever heard of you or you were ever on my radar. And if I can go some kind of way into all of the digital streamings and correct it and update the name, I would. I also feel like Sir Francis Drake would appreciate that too, because, um, He didn't want to use the name Drake. He said he wanted to use Sir Francis Drake because that was his whole concept of like being the lyrical explorer. Like he's exploring different types of beats and concepts. Very, very unique and artistic dude. And we just kind of wore him down and said, yo, the name is too long. Is not gonna resonate with in this rap shit. Like, who the fuck wants to have? That's like you should name yourself Christopher Columbus. Like, no, like, no. You know, in a rap and an analogy, but not the full name. So, I apologize to you, Sir Francis Drake, if you're out there and you're hearing this, because I know I made that executive push, and here we are. <laughs> but um, it it thank God, um, what should I say? I haven't gotten any you know, letters or anything from Drake over the years because he probably did his research because I've seen this song even in present day. I think it's because of the name. It gets a lot of hits. It gets a lot of streaming, a lot of looks. It, it, it pulls up on its own a lot, you know, and I'll get my weekly recaps from Apple and, you know, Tidal, whoever, and it, it's up there a lot. And every time I see it, a part of me is like, yeah, it's a dope song, but ooh, I know why they pulling at it because it says featuring Drake and just like myself, anything with Drake on it, we're going to listen to it. And then you're like, what the fuck? This is not Drake. <laughs> so now nah, don't get me wrong. He's nice. He's dope. But um, it wasn't his fault either. So I just wanted to clear that up. And it was none of our fault. It was an honest mistake or honest. I don't know. Once again, I think I was ahead of my time. Like I was channeling a Drake in like 2004. And he was Sir Francis Drake. And I was like, no, Drake. So I don't know what that means or whatever, because I love Drake. I think I'm probably one of Drake's you know, fans. I can honestly say that, you know, not a groupie. I'm not going to chase him down or like, Oh, champagne poppy, please listen to my music. Nothing like that. But I definitely respect his creativity. I definitely respect him as an artist, as an actor, as just a well-rounded businessman. And, you know, honestly, just the growth that I've witnessed with Drake, Aubrey Graham, Aubrey, Graham, um, I can say that I'm impressed and I'm inspired. He inspires me as an artist and I'm older than him. You know what I'm saying? So that says a lot right there, you know? So, um, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up for y'all now to give you a little bit of creative concept behind the song and then we'll wrap it up. Cause this was more show more so to share the irony of you probably see this song a lot and you're like why does it it's like the elephant in the room what what is this you probably heard it and got a little bit more confused like wait what so I just wanted to clear it up since we're going down since I am going down memory lane for the holidays and as it's definitely still in the vein of the 50th hip-hop anniversary this year and being inspired after watching the hip-hop Grammy tribute where they had a plethora of artists from all coasts doing their thing, new and old, different generations. I said, yo, I definitely have stories to contribute my stories. I don't want, that's why, you know, yes, I talk about different things and things in the news, but I don't want to harp on anyone else's gossip or anyone else's demise or downfall. I will share opinions, but I think I'm kind of enjoying this right now for the holidays, lighten it up a little bit and share a little bit more fun facts about me and my music. Hey, So creative inspiration. At this time, you know, young starving artists, like I told you before, um, just being aware, because, like, as at that time, you know, you're less and less dependent on your parents and more and more dependent on yourself and becoming and coming to terms with the reality of, like, yo, all I might have in this world is myself, you know, as a woman. I got to get my money up. I got to become stable, you know? So that was like my battle cry for anyone out there who's kind of like, you know, shooting a breeze and not really having an agenda or a goal. Like, yo, start with at least stacking the dough, you know, because it's it's not going to be easy for us. And that's everyone, no race in particular, but um, it's not going to be easy for us and stack the dough. And then at the same time, how money could be the root of all evil, right? So that's where Sir Francis Drake came into play. He approached his verse from the angle of money can be the root of all evil. He even said a line that was like, how come the dollar sign is two S's with horns on top? Like, you know, the root of all evil, right? So, um, and then he's just showing you like how you can get You know, you can get your vices with money, you can lose money, but, um, you know, the importance of money. Right, so it was a very good song, in my opinion. I still love it. It's a classic in my book. So let me go ahead and give Sir Francis Drake a little love. Hey, because you did your thug thizzle on that. And I don't want you to ever, ever feel like we dropped the ball on that. I'll take that. Accountability, I'll take that. You did your thug thizzle on this verse, yo. And plenty of other verses. I'm so mad at myself. I'm still digging through some hard drives. But we're going to serve back on that but for um right now I just wanted to share that with you all and clear up a little bit of irony um weirdness maybe some questionable shit because a, I I feel like I don't know I feel like um I think I might have told you this before but I feel like I flipped a couple of multiverses like I'm not supposed to be in this one. I was supposed to be in another one. I was on track. Something happened. Now I'm here. I don't know. Because I feel like, um, some of these songs from back then resonate more today than they did when I actually wrote them. But I was feeling that energy of this needs to be said, you know? And I think that's also, like we said before, The beauty of music, like good music or music that you pour your heart into. You may not find your tribe right away. You may not know your audience. Like, this is for this demographic of people. But eventually, the audience will find you. The audience will find your song, one way or the other. And, um, It'll all make sense and it'll all make sense in the end. So that's how I kind of feel about these songs, and that's why I wanted to share them with you and also clear the air because I think this is probably one of the reasons why I rarely, you know, throw it up in modern times or recent times like, hey, throwback, flashback, whatever, because I just don't want to confuse the audience and they think that I'm trying to play with in Drake face. Cause that's not the case. Or trying to think that I'm doing some old bootleg janky promotion when I'm using a celebrity to push my music. Cause that's not the case. So yeah. And I mean, it's all on paper. It's all legit. It's all official. And we, I, I got the masters and the masters got dates. So this has been stuff that's been recorded from like 2004 and then budget my budget, because I'm Doe Records, got together about maybe 2006. And if you know anything about like how the process was back then, you couldn't just like order a thousand CDs and get them in the next three days. Like Amazon prime, you would have to order them. Then they send you a listening copy to see if that sounds good. If it's if it's mastered right, if it's, if it's to your quality acceptance, then you would approve it. Then they send you the artwork. Is that to your liking? Is this to your acceptance? Then you approve that. Then they send you a couple of, you know, it's like it's a it's a process, and that would take months. You know, so by the time you actually release it, it wasn't like right now where you would be like, oh, we're dropping it on the fifteenth, and boom, digitally we're ready to go, and it's up on the fifteenth. You know, everywhere, all platforms even with now it's still planning to it, but it's not like how it used to be, you know? So you would, if you knew you wanted to do like a summer drop, right. Or a spring drop, which I think this was a spring drop. I feel like April is when it dropped in 2007. Cause I'm like spring going into summer, blah, blah, blah into fall. Like we got songs for all of this, you know, that can fit a vibe along the way. So, you know, in order for us to say, hey, we're going to drop in the spring, we need X amount done, we know we're going to have to get approvals, go back and forth with, you know, disc makers, make sure everything is right, make sure quality assurance is there. You got to give yourself like a six to nine month head start. All right. So that lets me know that we was working on that since probably 05, 06 to have that 2007 release. So this is not something that was done overnight and done intentionally. It was a... Honestly, mere coincidence, but also at the same time, weird irony behind the story of why it says featuring Drake versus Sir Francis Drake, which I actually really wish it says now, but we can't cry over spilled milk and shout out to you, Sir Francis Drake. Once again, I'm sending you mad love and shout out to Diaz. You know what I'm saying? Um, We lost Diaz a couple of months ago this year, but I'm great dude. So RIP to Diaz, sending my love out to his family. And, um, anyone who gotten to know him, know he was a great dude and know he was a big supporter of music, the arts, and also just Virginia art and music, like very, very supportive of us out there. So it was a great time. And I'm so happy to have been a part of it, you know, And I'm so happy that I'm here to tell you these stories, you know, because some people might be like, well, what's the relevance of this? For people that completely don't have no idea of what I'm talking about, this might be insightful and be like, oh, this is interesting. For people that might have some insight, like, oh, you – Didn't say a lot, you know, we're going to keep it G rated, of course. And I'm not saying anything crazy and nasty happened, but you know, but I'm trying to be respectful of names as much as possible because I didn't get the opportunity to speak to them in recent to say, Hey, I'm going to mention you or whatever. And then in the instance of like, this is dude's first and last name, I don't want to throw that out there. And then be like, Oh, y'all start Googling him and shit. Like, Oh, you was Drake. You're the Drake on Gongoli's song, nah, but, um, hopefully, and I'm going to do my best to forward this episode on to like, yo, check this out. I think you'll get a laugh out of this, but, um, you know, I think at the same time, I, it's great for me to kind of, you know, be able to share a little bit more insight with y'all about things that I find ironic, has a crazy interesting story that you probably like scratch your head. Like what the hell was she thinking with this one and i it's, just trust me that was not the case i think i get the court i think me in this multiverse be getting me caught in some weird ass crossfire or, or some weird crosshairs so i don't know but we'll figure it out but um yeah so i just wanted i'll end it there for you guys right i just wanted to continue on that vein, and, um, who knows, like, I'm still on Vintage Roots right now, if anything else comes to me off of this album that I would, you know, want to share, I definitely will, but, um, I got a couple more albums, I got all fruits Ripe, right. we got, um, They Swear It's One Better, they got La Esmeralda. And then we got several, several, several singles and collaborations in between that, you know, I'll pick and choose from. You know, this might, I'm really going with some ones that have either some interesting backstories or questionable, like make you scratch your head. Or overall, I just, it was something that touched me that I said, you know, I want to share the inspiration behind this. So this one, this episode is, you know, I shared a creativity, but it was really kind of straightforward or the inspiration behind it. But because it shows up as featuring Drake, I wanted to get that clarity out to you all. Okay. It's Sir Francis Drake. It's not Drake, Aubrey Graham, you know, and I know, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to say that. But me and my overthinking ass for years were like, oh, my God. Suppose Drake heard this song and was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. Who is this? And then suppose he realized the song came out before he was, you know, blowing up. So he was like, oh, okay, it left me alone. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just be thinking weird stuff. But um, if he was to ever, ever get a chance to hear this episode, that would be pretty cool for him to hear, so if anyone out there know him, you could share this with him, because I am one of his fans, I love his music, I, you know, all, a uh, majority of my cooking reels, I'll be using, like, Drake verses to, like, you know, show you what the menu is, because he'd be rhyming about stuff, and I'd be like, boom, this is what we're making tonight, so, um, I love his work. I love him as an artist and I respect him as an artist and and everything, businessman, person, philanthropist, whatever he's doing. And, um, I don't want no problems. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to clear that up for you guys once and for all and declare it up for Mr. Graham, Mr. Aubrey Graham, Out there, that no, this was not an attempt on me being a janky promoter or trying to use a name to gain clout or nothing like that. And for anyone out there that possibly might stumble across this song in 2023 thinking it's a song with Drake, no, it's not that Drake. Okay, it's a really dope dude from Virginia Beach. That, um, I don't know, he too might have got caught in the crosshairs because he started to do shows as Drake in about 2005, 2006. And then someone comes out and boom, you know, that, that can be a blow. I can imagine that being a blow because I'm you know i've dealt with some of those instances myself with my own name so it's it, it it's rough but that's the world of music right world of entertainment and um just business i guess also at the same time so yeah i'm going to end it there i'm not going to have you guys hostage for a whole bunch of minutes. Cause I do got some more things to do and some more episodes to bring you all. But this one, I just wanted to share that with you a little fun facts. And, um, Tell me, did you come across this song before this episode and was scratching your head? Like, is this an old Drake song? Is this Drake? Or is this a different Drake? Or did I bring attention to, did I bring this song to your attention just now? And you're like, oh, you know this is interesting. And that was a a interesting backstory. Either way, let me know, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, um, interact and engage me on it. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you think. So, you know how we always do every time about this time. I'm going to tell you one time, if you like it, tell a friend, if you do not like it, tell a friend, you know how we do, it doesn't hurt. And also, you know how I say it. I say it every week, it's not going to change. Or every episode, I should say, it's not going to change. Go and love yourself. Go out there and um, when you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror. Give yourself a positive affirmation. Give yourself that grace you know, especially during this holiday time, because, you know, a lot of people feel a little uneasy because of whatever reason, you know, and um, I noticed that holiday times get a little rough for some. So be graceful to each other, show love, but definitely love yourself because you can't love me or anyone else if you don't love yourself. Right. And also from my lips to your ears, I love you. You know I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And go out there and spread that love. Alright? So y'all have a great day. Great rest of your week. Um as we go into the weekend. And um make it count, y'all. Make it make it count. Because um, yeah, it's um It's the holiday time, right? So I hope this episode was good to y'all. I'm about to drop the song for you now. So this, once again, is called Get the Money, Y'all, featuring Sir Francis Drake. Let's go ahead and get that clarity going for y'all now, right? Until next time, y'all stay blessed, y'all stay safe, and y'all be good, all right? Peace.
1: money yo this, this being broken down and now ain't nothing funny y'all. let's get that money yo let's get that money yo and get prepared the other shoe is about to fall let's get that money yo let's get that money yo this been broken down and now ain't nothing funny y'all. let's get that money yo let's get that money yo and get prepared the other shoe is about Because I'm a woman, don't mean I ain't gotta hustle for minds Every day I wake up, how to make money is on my mind What should I do, where should I go, come on now Everybody knows about the dread girl with the mean walking flow How I do what I do remains a mystery First female with the real dreads going down in history Men of all races wanna take me Females hate so hard they try to emulate me But please don't try to be me You better off be yourself, cause that's who I be And no one else, I enjoy my life from the good Time's down to the strike, But I gotta make that money Even if it means staying up all night Let's get that money, y'all Let's get that money, y'all Cause being broken down and now Ain't nothing funny, y'all Let's get that money, y'all Let's get that money, y'all Cause get prepared The other shoe is about to fall Let's get that money, y'all Let's get that money, money, y'all Cause being broken down (laughs) and (laughs) now money y'all let's get that money y'all let's get that money y'all let's get that money y'all, money, y'all. Yeah, get get that. yo of the hey, yo hey, yo. Hey, yo we gon' be trust. trust. written on every dollar bill how, how about, about a, a meal five
0: should have allowed us to steal uh. it costs an arm and a leg for you to get healed you give me bread i
1: give you wine one, for that one. buzz you feel uh. how can the dollar sign is S with two horns uh. on top it can make a person wanna kill like it or not let's, let's get, get that, that money, money y'all. y'all let's hit every corner and shop uh-huh. by keeping it tight that's how we gon' form or not this, this is a movement when you can only
0: survive you save i'm passing around the bucket if you don't like it then great i'm looking for 10 percent on whatever you make it is what it is now because they listen to the snake Holler back if you are trying to get your wallet fat i'm working hard while they are hanging out with the alcoholics. that uh-huh. they took it off the menu but you can still get a double stack i swear to get it popping like we walking on bubble wrap
1: let's get that money like right? Let's get that money all. Let's be a broken down and now ain't nothing funny, y'all. Let's get that money all. Let's, let let's get that money y'all. And get prepared, the other shoe is about to fall. Let's get that money all. Let's get that money y'all. let be broken down and now ain't nothing funny, y'all. Let's get that money you all. Let's get that money you all. And get prepared, the other shoe is about to like my man Hood said, good can come to an end So if you can't keep up with this, it's the end friend I felt the tension, it's been a long time coming So let me do me while you keep on trucking You need to kick rocks like a butch lick box I do this music cause this all I got I plan to go down as legendary in hip hop And you can view me on the tube, rocking it non-stop I play the game on like y'all I plan to win Cause I've been doing my homework from back in the beginning While y'all been chilling off of your earnings, lessons placed in front of you, but no one is learning. Ganga deserving of the title as the queen. Been doing my thing for so many years on the underground scene, but now I'm coming for air and claiming what's mine and reaping from the benefits of a long hard grind. Let's get that money y'all. money, y'all. Let's get that money, money, y'all. money y'all. This being broke in town and now ain't nothing funny, y'all. Let's get that money, y'all. Let's get that money, y'all the shoe is about to fall let's get that money yo let's get that money yo broken down and now ain't nothing funny y'all. let's get that money go let's get that money yo and get prepared, the other shoe is about to fall let's get that money yo let's get that money yo this broken down and now ain't nothing funny y'all. let's get that money yo let's get that money yo and get the other shoe is about to fall let's get that money yo let's get that money yo ah